The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. Good morning and welcome to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Bird, and we are with you this Thanksgiving week as we are so thankful for you all. We hope that uh, some of you have found some time off, some downtime, some time to be with family, and of course, to tune in to our program. There's not a whole lot. Oh, I just wanted to mention too, we are now live on Rumble. So if you are are you if you participate in Rumble, you can now watch us there and they're working on getting us up on TikTok. So lots of social media. We're live we stream live on Facebook and we're on we the podcast are on Apple and Spotify. So so many great ways to watch. Uh, we're still on a lot of radio stations and some TV outlets too, but the best way is to get our phone app so that you make sure that you're never without us. That's um, one avenue that we control completely so we never get kicked off (laughs) unless there's a technology issue that um, God has blessed us with such great technical people that they get that fixed really quick for us. So um, if you're watching on any kind of social media, interact with us in whatever way that platform allows you to interact, subscribe, like, share, wave, give us an emoji and post your comments and questions there. So this week, there is not a whole lot of macroeconomic data that's being reported, and that's something I guess we can be thankful for as we take a little bit of a breather. But on Wall Street, the big news is is with Disney. Now, before I say anything else, Disney is not biblically responsible. They are not a company that we recommend. So this is neither a buy or sell recommendation for Disney. It is just the news. So they are changing CEOs again. Uh, the current CPO, Shapik, is out, and Bob Iger is back in. So Chapik took the reins in February of 2020, uh, right around the time the pandemic happened. So he had to navigate some really challenging times and um, did not was not that successful. So they're going back to their previous CEO. They're giving him two years to identify and appoint a successor. So the unfortunate thing here is that I don't see them resolving any of the issues why we won't recommend them, of course, because they're not biblically responsible. You know, if they really wanted to be successful, they could start by honoring God and exiting the culture war. And they don't even really have to make it about God. They can just take a neutral position. If the company... Uh, If any company has influence over the eyes and the ears of the next generation, it's Disney. And with that comes a huge responsibility. So rather than just focusing on uh, operating in excellence, creating wholesome entertainment for children, appropriate for children, they have pursued an unholy agenda. They They spread gender confusion. Um, They promote lifestyles of sin. Most of their 
violations are in the LGBTQ arena. So they obviously do not agree with what God says about gender, sexuality, marriage, all of those kinds of things. And they're very, very outspoken about it. Even if you visit one of their theme parks, you'll see it celebrated. They have a whole Pride Month where they just celebrate um, the LGBTQ agenda. So they would do well to remember what it says in Matthew eighteen six. It says this, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. So um, my prayer is that Disney would get a revelation of this and just focus on running a good company. Um, How about some good news? (laughs) CS30, which is on our buy list at CS30. If you're a partner, you'll know how to find out which company that I'm talking about. But it is a biblically responsible company, and it was one of the first stocks that we added back to the buy list after our transition, after we we lost our founder, Dan Celia, earlier this year, and we were able to get the buy list up back up and running. And it's one that Dan had had on the list many times. Well, they reported their their third quarter earnings better than expected, and they have also upped their guidance for the fourth quarter. So how did they do that in this challenging environment that we see where we're hearing the the R word recession, you know, just about every day where they um, where we're Inflation's running out of control. The markets are down, have been down in bear territory most of the year. Well, here's what the CEO said about their success. We focused on making sure that everyone knows that we value their right to choose their own gender and love whomever they choose. Just kidding. He didn't say that. (laughs) Here's what he really said. We delivered organic top-line growth across all of our businesses driven by the strength of our portfolio and our ability to recover cost inflation and manage our supply chain environment. Given our strong performance and sustained business momentum, we are raising our net sales and adjusted earnings per share expectations for this fiscal year. So the reason that this company is considered biblically responsible is because they did not engage in the culture war, and instead they focused on simply operating in excellence. So um, we offer a strategy here at the ministry where we help you to um, be your own financial advisor. We give we answer questions live on the air um, to help guide you in the right direction. We give information. We, we teach you things. If you're a partner, there are lots of videos about how you can do this strategy on your own. We publish a buy list. We issue sell alerts when it's time to sell a company, either for biblically responsible reasons or other reasons that we feel is necessary. Now, if that's too much, uh, to handle if you if you're not that interested in learning about what all of these individual companies do and putting together a portfolio, uh, maybe you don't have the time, maybe you don't feel like you have that talent, maybe you don't feel like you have uh, the confidence to do that. You can use uh, one of our Timothy models. So the Timothy plan is 
as the first biblically responsible mutual fund company. And they've been in existence for over 25 years. They are, uh, we are so equally yoked with them and their purpose and what they do. They are steadfast. Um, you can contact them if you don't want to do your own strategy at 1-800-846-7526. That number is up there on the screen if you are watching. And you can also find it on our website, financialissues.org. You can find out, uh, get the link to the Timothy plan and get connected over there. And they can help you put together a portfolio that will make sure that none of the money that God has trusted you with is being used in an unholy agenda. So contact the people over there at the Timothy plan. They are great folks and they have come up with the method to screen the stocks. So if you wonder, if you're hearing about this biblically responsible concept for the first time, you're not alone, although it's been a long, around for a long time. And the Timothy plan and our founder, Dan Celia, have done so much to help make sure that people know about this. It's still um, a lot of people have yet to discover it. So if you're hearing for the first time, you can go to our homepage, financialissues.org. Down the right hand side, there's a little wheel there and you can click on that and you can screen your investments so you can get a little bit more information about whether or not the companies that you've invested in are biblically responsible. Well, I'm your host, Sheena Burt, and we our phone lines are open. You'll be our first caller in the queue and we'll get to you when we return right after this break. Thank you for your services, and I just want to call to encourage everybody listening to become members. At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that honor God. I have never found anyone in the finances, even Christians, who have this passion and, and the honesty that you have. You're not taking anything in. It is incredibly generous of you what you're doing. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today. American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40 plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you, and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Did you know that an average 1.2 million babies are aborted each year? Listen, we have an opportunity at Financial Issues to change that, and we're doing it. Tens of thousands of lives have been saved because of Financial Issues listeners just like you. For $140, you could save the lives of five babies. All $140 goes to the Pregnancy Center to sponsor ultrasounds. 80% of the time, these ultrasounds will change the mind 
of a young lady that is considering abortion to choose life. Would you join us in the fight against the atrocity of abortion? I hope that you'll go to preborn.org or call pound 250. The keyword is baby when you're asked. Preborn.org. That's preborn.org. All throughout the red light district in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India, at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit indiapartners.org to see how you your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these 5 million children. Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt. Um, we're going to answer some of the website questions, some of the social media stuff. But before we get to that, I just saw a headline that popped up. Large Rail Union, Smart TD, votes to reject labor deal as national strike moves closer. So two of the largest, there's 12 uh, railroad unions out there, and we've been following this story since, oh, I don't know, September or October, well, maybe even August. But we've been talking about this for a while. There's there's trouble brewing in the rail industry. They almost went on strike several months ago. They started to slow down traffic. Uh, they started to prepare for a total shutdown because they were their labor unions were trying to negotiate better wages, higher wages, more sick time, uh, better treatment. And so, two of the twelve largest rail unions voted to reject the deal, even though. You know, the Biden administration got involved in the negotiations, gave them a lot of what they wanted, some some raises, some back pay, but it still wasn't enough for them. And so now we are looking at a railroad strike to begin as soon as December the 5th. So we have this UPS tells CNBC that it will preemptively reroute packages to alternative lanes to minimize unexpected disruption. I wonder which lanes they're going to minimize them to. <laughs> they're not going to put them on barges because the Mississippi River has uh, is at historically low levels. They're having a lot of trouble getting um, things up and down the river because of that. It's very low in some places. It's gone from a mile wide to half a mile wide and to as shallow as uh, nine feet in some cases. So barges are being loaded at... Um, less capacity. That means that the farmers that are trying to get their product down from the the heartland of America down to the port of New Orleans, where they export a lot of things, and companies that are trying to get their th- their goods uh, upriver, like fertilizer, which is crucial for the next crop, um, and a lot of industrial materials are having to reroute their deliveries. 
elsewhere too. So the other place that you reroute things to is the trucking industry. Well, the trucking industry is 100,000 truckers short of running at full capacity, and we have diesel prices at historical highs. We've seen gasoline prices come way down for the election. We'll see what happens in December when all of these other things come to a head, as well as the sanctions on Russian oil and gas start to happen, and the drain on the SPR slows down or stops altogether. So, um, you know, we could be looking at... um, a crisis developing here in the transportation industry, which means perhaps um, bare shelves, you know, in the grocery stores, or um, I don't think the Christmas the Christmas goods will be impacted. Really, I think most of most companies are are suffering with a lot of extra inventory right now, but we could see some trouble there, and of course, more inflation as it costs more to get things moved around. So. So, you know, Shanna, we, we were talking at the break. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Why is it, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's not, I'm not paying attention. The first time I'm hearing of this is on financial issues. Like, why, why are no one else talking about this? Seriously. I don't, I don't really have any idea. It just reminds me of what Dan always used to say. You know, when he, whenever he, something would come to his attention, he would just say, no one else is talking about this, and I don't know why. But, you know, I think it could just really be that the Lord answered Dan's prayers and gave him yeah. the um, the spirit of the sons of Issachar who, was, who were able to see the signs of the time. And so, I don't know, maybe he's maybe it's just the Lord bringing this into our yeah. awareness, but um, it is it is something that we are following. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, you know, what you said at the break also about, what is it, there's, there's three modes of transportation and th- essentially two of them are down, you know, if this railroad strike goes through. That's bad news. That's not something that like can be overlooked for sure. Yeah, actually, there is a fourth one, too, and that's by airplane. But, you know, we've got I was going to talk about some things happening in the airline industry. We have airfares up, service down, you know, all of that. I'll I'll get to that in just a little bit. But we have a caller from California. Hi, Anna, you're on financial issues. Good morning. It's really nice to see you and, and talk with you and happy Thanksgiving. You as well. My question has to do with I am filling out the portfolio tracker and I ne- I don't know how to add cash to the rows so that it is seen within the charts. So it looks incomplete on the charts. Um, it doesn't have a symbol name. Do I mm-hmm. add a symbol name? Mm-hmm. So if it's cash that you hold in your brokerage account, like a money market type account, the best thing to do is use that symbol. So if it is not cash in a money market account, maybe it's cash somewhere else. First, you want to ask yourself the question is, should it even be included in my portfolio tracker? So if it is cash that you would not consider ever investing, maybe it's part of your emergency fund, or maybe it's money that you're going to spend in the next couple of years, don't put it on there at all. But if it's not, let's just say that it represents a CD that you have that's going to be come and due pretty soon, and you'll have that available to deploy into wherever it needs to go according to whatever whatever the results of the tracker are, then if you look on the broad list, if you're a partner and you're going to partners and broad list, click on cash. And the very first thing that you see there, the call number is C35. It gives you a money market symbol 
that you can use. So whenever you put that symbol into the tracker, you just put your cost basis as $1 and your number of shares as however much cash you have. So if it's $5,000 in cash, you put the price at one, 5,000 shares, that's going to, and then you'll code it to cash and it'll show up there for you. So it's on the broad list that I look for cash symbol. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, because um, this was within the cash that is within the uh, Charles Schwab account that I have, and so okay. it would have it would have a cash symbol there in the broad. List. Yes. Now, a lot of times the cash, the holding place for cash in a brokerage account, has its own symbol, and it is technically a money market, but. For the most part, it is it always maintains the price of of a dollar or whatever cash you have in there. So use the symbol from your Schwab account if there is one. If there's not one, then you can use the one from the broad list. Thank you very much. I have really appreciate this because it will make my chart look so much better. <laughs> yes, and that is that's a great tool. I'm so glad to hear that you're using it. And folks, we encourage you, if you are managing your own portfolio specific to this strategy, make sure that you're a prime partner. So there's a difference. It's $85 a year just to be a basic partner. With a basic partner, you do get to see the buy and sell list. You get to see the asset allocation models. You have access to all of the videos on how to get started and how to build your portfolio. Um, In addition to the partner conference calls once a month and the commentary that I'm getting in a better habit of posting up there every Monday. So you get access to all of that with just the $85 partnership. But If you upgrade to $124 a year, this is not a month. I've looked at some of the other, you know, investment clubs out there and they're $400 a year or more. Um, So you get a really great value with our partnership. And if you do the, the prime partnership, you do get everything that I mentioned, plus that portfolio tracker, and I always love it when people call in and say how much they like it. It's it's pretty easy to use, isn't it, Anna? It is. It is easy to use. I I just um, you know these little questions. You are so helpful in answering these little questions. <laughs> well, great. So glad that we could be a great resource. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> Let Let's hear what's happening on social and yeah. some of the website questions. Good stuff. We got Sarah here on social. From Virginia saying, Shan, I'm 64 and six months. I plan to retire between 68 years of, years of age and 70. I am a partner. Presently, I use the 55 to 65 year old stock allocation model. When should I switch to the 65 into retirement? And then when should I move to the income allocation model? Okay, so let's see. That gives her about four to five years until retirement. So, I mean, Sarah, you're probably good, depending on what your risk tolerance is. You're probably good to stay where you are for a little bit, but we're about to 
issue the modifications, the post-election modifications to the asset allocation part, uh, models if you're a partner. So depending on your risk tolerance, if you have a lower risk tolerance, it might be a good idea just to start migrating into that 65 into retirement strategy now. Um, as you get closer, I typically say within a year of retirement, one to two years of retirement, you should start slowly migrating. It's not something that you should just do overnight. So many times I see people uh, throughout my career as they've retired, they've just signed up for their 401k plan, didn't really pay attention, you know, signed up in their 20s or 30s or maybe even their 40s and set their allocations and never really did anything differently. But the way that you invest when you're 20 or 30 or 40 is much different than the way that you invest as you're approaching retirement. So it can be a really risky thing not to check your asset allocation at least once a year. Um, No more than two or three times a year is fine, but to adjust that and make it more and more conservative the closer that you get to retirement. Awesome, Shanna. Let's jump over to some of these website questions here. We've got Robert saying, I understand foundational stocks, the yellow ones, to be ones I never sell as they support my portfolio. If I'm overweighted in a sector and the only way to rebalance my portfolio is to sell some foundational stocks, is it okay to sell some of my position in them? Thanks for all you do, and I'm 42 years old. Yes, Robert. So your understanding is correct. The foundational stocks are the ones that you build your portfolio around. So when you're just getting started, you're going through your asset allocation, you want to, and you have some choices there in each sector, um, gravitate towards the ones that are foundational because those are the ones that you can build your portfolio on and around. And so, you know, it's not likely that we will issue sell alerts for those foundational stocks unless, of course, they deviate from being biblically responsible. Then we will not hesitate to do that just as as we have done this year as we went through and scanned the, the buy list for uh, those companies and found quite a few violators. So we will issue sell alerts for those reasons. But yes, if you get overweighted, that is a great reason to consider selling some of them. So you can, you know, take some of your profits that gives you the the ability, let's say that you start with a small portfolio, and you're building on those foundational companies, um, as they grow to a bigger more than say two and a half three percent of your portfolio, that's a good time to sell some of those, and then you can further diversify your sectors and you know accumulate some other companies. I'm your host Shanna Burt. We'll be right back. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of his people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. 
Securities offered through GA Repl and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only, and do not necessarily represent those of GA Repl or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it, and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burton. I hope you paid close attention to that disclaimer there as I am a financial advisor in private practice, and you need to know the lens through which um, I'm giving you advice. So let's go right to calls. Let's hear from Mike. Mike is calling from Pennsylvania. Hi, Mike. Hello, Shanna. Hello. I really really appreciate your show, and I'm listening here in Pennsylvania. And I had a quick question about um, about my investments. So if I have a 401k plan that I invest in, I also have a IRA that I that I have, but I set up a Roth IRA with Vanguard, but I haven't contributed to it. I'm wondering, can I contribute to the Roth IRA while I'm contributing to the 401k? Yes, you can, um, as long as you fall within the income parameters. So there is an upper level, of, and there's a phase-out range uh, based on your AGI, and it's somewhere around the $200,000 mark. I don't know exactly what it is for this year, but you can find it on the IRS website. But if you have, if you make over 200 and some, I want, I want to say $208,000, then you don't qualify for uh, contributing to a Roth. So the only thing I could do is I could, I could pay the taxes on some of the other investments I have and move them over to to a Roth. Yes, you can do a conversion. There is no income limit on a conversion. So you just want to take a look at what your current tax bracket is. Um, if you're in the twelve percent tax bracket, in my opinion, it's uh, almost a no brainer. But you have to. Look at every everything regarding your situation. If you're in the 22 or 24 percent tax bracket, what you have to consider is: is there ever going to be a time when I'm likely to be in a lower tax bracket? So, if you know that maybe you're going to have some income in retirement, like Social Security, maybe a pension, and or you've saved enough money during your lifetime to um, fund a budget that is going to keep you out of the 12% tax bracket, then it makes sense to go ahead and, and do some of that conversion. Okay. All right. Well, I, I've been a um, member or partner for seven years, and I certainly appreciate all the amazing advice that I've received from the, from the ministry and from the website and from the buy-sell list. You guys are doing an amazing job. Well, thanks, Mike. We appreciate your support, your encouragement, and your partnership most of all. We hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. God bless. (laughs) All right. Let's hear from Marvel. Marvel's calling from North Carolina. Hey, Shanna. Hey. Um, It's it's Marvin, but that's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, It's Miss Keat in the in the queue. Sorry about that, Marvin. (laughs) Hey, I have fat fingers too. Okay, so we've been a partner since uh, 2016, and we'll continue faithfully. Um, we've been blessed. Um, and first, we want to pray for you and the ministry, especially for a blessed uh, Thanksgiving. 
Thank you. Okay, so my wife and I are in um, the 50, I mean, sorry, the 60 to 65. We both turned 60 in the beginning of 22, uh, 2023. Um, I'm calling specifically, our, our, our main account is fine, but we're calling specifically about investing in HSA uh, monies. So we are going to be putting about 900 a month into the HSA for as long as we can until we finally do retire. So at least five years or so we'll be doing this. And we're fortunate enough that the platform that the HSA is on um, allows us to buy Timothy. So I'm looking specifically at, in this order, uh, TM72, TM55, and then TM59. And I was wondering if um, we do this on a monthly basis um, for $900, if we put 400 in the first one, 300 in the second, and 200 in the third, and we do that consistently every month for five years, if that's a good spread for right now. Okay. So that that's a little bit fast for me to look up all of those things and all of those percentages at one time. Um, I am a fan of the HSA, so I, I support what you're doing. The first thing that I would say is don't invest any of it until you have enough there to pay for at least a couple of years worth of deductible. Unless, of course, you have money saved up on the outside where you can meet those expenses. Um, I also, it's because there are limits on getting money into the HSA account and because you have a limited time that you're going to, to be funding this, if you can pay for things outside of the HSA and not have to take money out of it, I think it's a good thing to get that built up as much as possible. But I would leave at least one to two, per, uh, one to two years of your total out-of-pocket spend for whatever your your insurance is. And then after that, um, I would be more a fan, once you get things built up, of do of using the maybe the ETFs instead of the funds. The two that you mentioned, I think, are uh, a bond fund and a defensive fund. I would not do the bond fund. I would do a little bit of the defensive fund and then perhaps use just the the ETFs and maybe even the the enhanced strategy like the, uh, see if I can find the number real quick, uh, ETF number five would probably give you uh, enough diversification just because you're going to own a hundred stocks in that one category. It's also going to have some built-in filters that are going to help move to cash and redeploy that cash under certain circumstances. So I'd be a fan of, of doing more of that because you really want to consider even that money as part of your overall diversification. So if you're using that portfolio tracker, include that account in your overall portfolio, but you know, you want to take advantage of that tax-free growth, so have something more growth-oriented, but you also want to make sure that you have plenty of cash in there to meet short-term needs. Okay, so um, just to clarify, um, we do have enough uh, base in there, and we're currently not using the HSA. We're paying it out of our out-of-pocket, so Great. we've got that built up. So I was looking specifically at mutual funds. 
um, on these accounts. So I didn't think one of those was a bond fund. And I was looking at what is paying the higher dividends so that mm-hmm. we can maximize increasing the account over the five, the next five years that we know we're going to be able to fund it. Yeah, I thought you said TM55. TM55 is a bond fund. Oh, okay. So I must have... All right. I was looking yeah. at the mutual fund that looks like it has the same name then. Um, it had a dividend of uh, uh, $0.10 cents a share, it yeah. looked like. Um, yeah, so I would still stick so with I'm the ETFs. The mutual funds, the, oh, just the, stick with the ETFs then? Yeah, I would stick with the ETF that I mentioned. It's uh, ETF 5, and it does pay a dividend. So it's it's actually, that's it's in the name of that. Okay. ETF. The reason I was looking at mutual funds is because I was thinking um, that we're actually not going to touch this for 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. So I figured uh, the mutual funds might have been a better way to go. But you're saying the ETFs would be best in our best interest at this point? Yeah, I would. I, I would use that that particular one until you get over the the targeted allocation or if you get over the targeted allocation for um, your strategy. But like I said, put all of those assets in on the tracker and then you'll be able to see uh, where you need to be on that. And I also want to mention too, if you're doing mutual funds, we're coming up in December on the capital gains distribution dates. And I don't have that at my fingertip, but I know it's sometime in December. And you really want to, unless you're dollar cost averaging, just don't worry about it. But you want to avoid making those big purchases into mutual funds right around that time. Because what happens is if you purchase the shares before their payment date, you're going to get those distributions. Now, you don't have to worry about it in the HSA, but if it's in a taxable account, you could potentially have some some taxable gains there. Um, and then what happens right after they make the distribution is that the price drops. So it's just a normal, it's a regular phenomenon that happens every single year, but just just to be cautious of that. All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a blessed day. All right. You too, Marvin. Thanks for calling. Well, I know we have a short amount of time before the next break. Do we have any any social or yeah, let's see if we can get, get to, to real a, quick? Let's get to a quick one here, Shannon. This is Sergio. He's 29, uh, so good to see he's investing early. He's saying, I'm new to investing, but not to the program. I recently became a partner, and I'm just confused. I don't know where to start. I want to start to invest in my retirement, so I'm planning to put down anywhere from 1000 to 2000 a month. I'd like you to point me into the right direction as to what stocks to buy first. What do you think, Shannon? Okay, well... Um, you know, based on your age, you can follow one of our models. And um, the best thing to do is if you're going to invest regularly, it depends. So he wants stock recommendations. I would start with the things that are diversified. So you want to build up a good base, look and see which um, sector has the highest allocation for your age and start to fill that in. And then you want to rotate, you know, maybe every every three to six months, start to rotate your sectors and just and just start to to build that out. And, you know, after a year, you can a year or two, you can take a look at that and see what's needed and just shift into that direction. And before you know it, you're going to have a well-rounded, diversified portfolio. So being that young, you can almost start anywhere and be successful. So it's time in the market, not timing of the market that is your greatest asset. Well, folks, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be back with more financial issues.
I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And to show her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and to take care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple of God. I pray that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily, and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank? Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account. Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at myccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union. Your money, building God's kingdom. Never be without quality, God-honoring entertainment. Always at your fingertips and within your view. In your home and on the go. You'll never be without FISM TV. Watch financial issues. Outspoken. FISM News and more God-honoring TV right where you are. Tune in to FISM TV anywhere, anytime. I would like to thank you very much for giving me the impetus to consolidate my portfolio into one advisor. At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that honor God. Everything fell into place. I felt so much peace and the consistent ethic. There is a certain contentment that everything will be fine. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, on this very short Thanksgiving week. We are taking off to have some downtime with our own families and be thankful for all of the blessings that God has given us. So let's talk turkey a little bit (laughs) and inflation since this is financial issues. Um, We're seeing some inflation, obviously. You know, the the stated rate now is down to 7.7% year over year. But what we're seeing in and around our Thanksgiving festivities are much higher than that. So um, we're already seeing much higher airfares this season. Um, 
the domestic round-trip ticket average was $350 over Thanksgiving and $463 at Christmas. Airfares overall are up a, a whopping 43% in October from the same month a year ago. So 43% much higher than that 7.7% that we're seeing. Service is also being slashed in half from pre-pandemic levels. And the airlines that are seeing that are the small and the regional ones. And they're saying, the Regional Airline Association is saying that this is largely largely because of pilot shortages and high fuel cost. So I would suggest that you might not have a shortage of pilots and and crew staff if they hadn't have been so adamant about forcing them to get the shots. You know, there were lots of people that I heard from. Um, I'm close to an international hub here. And when we did a financial issues meeting in the Woodlands a couple of years ago, when all of this first started to happen, we were hearing some very egregious stories of the airlines that were threatening to fire people because they would not consider getting the jab. Even though they had religious exemptions, those were being denied, they were being ignored. And so lots of people took their packages. They they got out and they haven't returned back. You know, once you once you run off a, a large segment of your workforce because you're trying to take away their personal freedoms, it's hard to get them back. So that was a, a really big mistake, I think, on the behalf of the airports. So there's something to be thankful for. If you don't have to travel, you're not going to pay those 43% higher airfares. Uh, Just personally, uh, my sister's going to be traveling for Christmas and the price that she paid was much, much higher than the average ticket price that I just quoted. So food inflation. So what is uh, a normal basket of Thanksgiving uh, dinner festivities going to cost you? Well, there earlier in the few weeks ago, we heard of a rumor of turkey shortages that people were going to have trouble getting turkeys. Um, I, that has not been the case. You know, there, we did have a, a bird flu. You heard Craig Halgert talk about that. And a lot of turkeys, a lot of birds were destroyed because of that. But most people are not going to have any trouble finding turkeys this year. They're just going to cost more. And the American Farm Bureau Federation did a survey that ran from October the 18th through October the 31st, where they had personal shoppers that were going into stores and shopping online to get an average cost of what all of the ingredients needed to make the Thanksgiving dinner would be. And what the result came out was that Thanksgiving dinner is going to cost about 20% more. So, For a feast of 10 to 12 menu items, including turkey stuffing, cranberries, pumpkin pie, uh, will cost an average of $64.05. So that's up $10.74 from last year. And that breaks down to about $6.50 a person, according to the survey. So turkey, a 16-pound turkey, cost on average close to 30 bucks. That's up 21% from 2021. And, um, you know, some of the other items, the only thing that really dropped was cranberries and cranberries dropped by 14% to $2.57. The biggest price increases were on stuffing, which is up 69% and pie crust and whipped cream, both up 26%. 
Shanna, I have to ask, why is cranberry <laughs> sauce the thing that's cheaper? <laughs> why couldn't it be one of the good items? I'm sorry. Because nobody eats it. Yeah, <laughs> right. There you go. I don't want to offend anyone out there who loves cranberry sauce. I'm right. not one of them. But stuffing and all the good stuff, terrible. Really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> supply and demand. It's, all, it's about supply and demand. So what I would just say that if you're not cooking or preparing a meal, um, in, you know, Think about pitching in on the cost of the meal. That's a that's a great Christian thing to do. Great, nice thing to do if you're uh, attending a meal that's being prepared for you, or at a very minimum, make sure to bless them and encourage them with your words and thank them for what they're doing. Also, just pray for those who are struggling during this holiday season. So many people, you know, depression, anxiety, all of those things increase. during the holiday season for a lot of reasons. So there's people who don't have anybody to spend the holidays with. So be sensitive to the spirit of the Lord who might be prompting you to include someone in your gathering. And of course, pray for those who have lost loved ones this year, especially uh, Dan Celia's family celebrating the holidays for the first time without him. So keep them in your prayers as well. Well, let's finish up. I wanted to remind you about the financial issues retreat that is going to be happening next year in April. You can find out information about that. If you're a partner right now, partners only can register until December 1st. There is a limited number of spots available. It's going to be at the Billy Graham Training Center in at the Cove in North Carolina. It's just a beautiful, anointed place to go. We're going to have a special service, a memorial service for Dan. And uh, I'll be speaking. Tony Perkins is going to be our keynote speaker. And Marty Getz is going to be their leader worship. So don't miss it. If you've never been, it is a truly wonderful time to fellowship with the with the people of financial issues. Well, let's get to some calls. We've got Brian calling from Ohio. Hi, Brian. Hi, Shanna. I, I have a uh, an IRA account with TD Ameritrade, and they notified me recently that they're moving my account to Schwab in the next few months. Should I be concerned about that? Well, if you use um, one of the funds that are in most of our strategies, the Israel Fund, I believe that they will not let you add to that position. I think they might let you keep it if you have it. Um, You would want to call them and just talk to them, tell them, you know, what your strategy is and, you know, the the um, the investments that that you want to hold and continue to be able to have access to. And if they don't allow that, then you may want to consider looking for another place. Well, I don't plan on adding any more. Well, you know, and, and maybe. That's the case if your portfolio is already built, but, you know, there is a possibility that we could increase the allocation to one of those companies in the future. Uh, We don't really keep up with which brokerages allow it and don't allow it. So it's, it's too cumbersome to try to do that. And then we don't want to really endorse one over the other, but, um, you know, that's up to you. You can always, if you like the platform, if you like the tools that they offer, and, um, you know, the, the costs are good or non-existent, then you could stay there. If you ever came across the challenge where you had to add something that they wouldn't let you add, there are other creative ways of doing that, too. You could go, you know, it's, it's usually going to be something related to the Timothy plan because they 
um, are very liberal, uh, don't like Israel at all. So they will um, not let you do some of those things. But there are other ways around it if you want to stay there. But if I wanted to move, let's say, to um, Fidelity, how do I do that again? It's very simple. You just contact the place that you want to go and tell them, you know, make sure that they are going to allow you to hold and buy or sell the things that are in your strategy. And if that's the case and you make the decision to move, they will help you do that. It's really just you open a new account where you're going and then you fill out a transfer form that's sent to your prior, uh, your current custodian and then the assets just transfer over um, through usually an ACAT, what's called an ACAT system. Okay, thank you very much. Great. Thanks for calling, Brian. All right, so what do we have there? Let's see here, Shanna. Uh, we've got, let's see if we can get a quick one here. Uh, Alan is saying, Shanna, I'm 69 using the 65 into retirement model on the tracker, and I have a thriving annuity that is invested in their moder- uh, moderate allocation fund. Its value is about what I need for my fixed income category. I'd like to get biblically responsible with this money and was considering moving it to their government bond fund. They have income funds, but I was concerned that they may be investing in non-BRI companies to do so. I'm 69 years old. What should I do? Yeah, so Thrivent is not considered a biblically responsible company. They were founded, you know, by the Lutheran Brotherhood, and um, it was a company that I actually personally talked to a couple of years ago as I was going through um, my transition and trying to find a place that would allow me to operate in freedom doing biblically responsible investing. And they made it very clear that they were not interested in that. So um, if you screen their their funds, then um, you will see that they are, they are not a biblically responsible company. And I'm not sure, did it say, did it say it was a fixed annuity? Um, it did. Well, it, it's it's for a fixed income category, so oh, I don't know okay. if that's the same thing. I don't believe it did say if it's a fixed annuity, actually. Okay. So the anywhere you're investing, if you can find a government bond fund, that would be considered to be a biblically responsible choice, even though the company may not um, be intentional about it being biblically responsible just by the nature of what is allowed to be held in that kind of um investment makes it biblically responsible. Well, folks, we are coming to the end of the program today. We thank you for joining us. We thank you for being here. We thank you for posting your questions and interacting with us on social. Lord willing, we will be back with you next week. Same time, same place. The Lord's coming back. Time is getting short. There's going to be a test. My prayer is that we all be found good and faithful stewards, being about our master's work when he comes back. Well, have a great weekend in worship, a great Sunday in worship, and we will be back with you next week, same time, same place. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.